podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Across the Pond MLB Podcast, part of the Across the Pond Sports Network. Don't forget to check us out on social media and on our website, atpsports.net. Now over to your host of Across the Pond MLB Podcast, Tyler Small. Hello all and welcome back to another edition of Across the Pond Sports MLB Podcast. Tyler Small here with you and my temporary replacement a couple weeks ago is now coming to join forces with me. Joe Sylvester, thank you so much for taking a chance to sit down with us today. Hey, man, thanks for having me. I enjoy it. Anytime we can talk about baseball, I'm good. That's a dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we're kind of covering both coasts here. I'm on the East Coast, as you all know, back home, but Joe representing the West Coast and he's representing his Dodgers who have been a lot of fun to watch down the stretch. We've been talking about it since the start of the season easily that the Giants were amongst the top of the NL West. They're such a great surprising story, but it was always a matter of when. When are the Dodgers going to catch them? When are the Dodgers going to finally unleash and show that they're the best roster on paper? And they had a chance to do it. They got above them for about, what, a day? And then, a minute. <laughs> a minute. And then the Giants take a huge two out of three in that series. Two of the games, I mean, remarkably go down to replay review on the final out. Yep. I mean, that's how close it was. 10 to nine, the Giants win the, se- the season series. The run differential just by a couple. I mean, it is as evenly matched of a series as you could get. And it was fun to watch. It's unfortunate there's no more games coming up. But just your immediate thoughts from the Dodgers perspective. Like, how do you feel about where you stand now that this season series is over, but you're still just a game back? I feel good. But as you mentioned, um, the Giants are just, I mean, they came out of nowhere. I mean, nobody expected the Giants to be here uh, this year. So, I mean, all the hype early in the season was San Diego and the Dodgers and Tatis and um, allegedly a strong pitching staff, which is as soon as they picked up you Darvish, Dodgers have already played that horse. Mm-hmm. And same thing's happening to them. You Darvish is going down late. So that, uh, that kind of took them out. Um, I feel good about the Dodgers' chances. I wish we played the Giants one more time. This year, scheduling generally almost every single year. Dodgers get two series in September. And um, the last series or the next to last series is almost always with the Giants. Uh, this year, they decided to plug in the Padres in that, uh, in that belt. So... Yeah, the weekend series was a little bit disappointing, but who would have thunk that Bueller would have thrown up his worst game I've seen in two years? So, but to come out just a game back, I'm good. I'm good. We've got St. Louis. are playing the Rockies. Unfortunately, the Rockies at one point had the best home record in the West. And uh, if not in the major leagues, I believe at that time at home, but they only, they were, only won like 14 games on the road. So they were getting killed on the road. So my hope was obviously the Giants had to go to the Rockies that they would help us out, but they're not, they're not helping us out very well. The Giants <laughs> are pulling them out. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be tight. It's going to be very tight. Yeah, you're right. We talked about that, how um, this Rockies team is two different teams, whether at home or on the road and could be the ballpark ballpark factor, or it could just be young guys not knowing how to travel. Right. But, We'll have to see if they could help out throughout the end of it, to say the least. But, yeah, I want to go back to what I you think, were just saying. I, I, I think I, I think a lot of that, though, uh, Tyler, I think a lot of that is their uh, pitching. And oh yeah, <clears throat> Oral and Joe Davis talk about this a lot, Oral Hershiser, is when, you, when the, they get pitchers that learn how to pitch in Colorado, but when they get out of Colorado, the ball breaks totally differently. Mm-hmm. And so then they have a difficult time when they go on the road, they can still hit the ball. Yeah. Um, but the, just no pitching at all. Yeah. Both, both factors of it. I remember for a while, the thought process about it was if you play in Colorado as a hitter, especially your numbers were kind of inflated and that it was 
a little bit, you were better, had better numbers than you were supposed to be as a true baseball player. But then the more that we've seen, it's kind of the opposite. Cause when you do travel, like you say, those balls are breaking a couple more inches than you're expecting. You're not used to seeing it float out of the hand as much. And it's a really interesting thing. It, it kind of, if you go back to, um, I don't know how much you follow the PCL, the Pacific coast league, mm-hmm. um, but they, it's, a, it's the same thing. Cause a lot of those teams are in New Mexico, uh, Arizona, Nevada, in Las Vegas. Uh, and those teams, when, when guys come up, those numbers are inflated because yeah. they're playing at high altitudes and ball travels better. The pitching is a little bit different. So sometimes when we bring a pitcher up from Oklahoma city, uh, obviously the balls we're watching the break and we're like, damn, I mean, that's, that's quite, but he can't control it. You know, it takes time for him to adjust to get the controls. But back to the Dodgers and chances, uh, any time that we can put out <clears throat> Scherzer and Bueller and Urias, um, that, that's pretty good. Because all the hype now, or all the talk right now is, are we going to tie with the Giants? Yeah. And Which we've done before in the yeah. past. I think 62, I believe. Um, and in that case, we would have to burn two pitchers. But when you got three, and it's about five days away, I think, before they start the actual um, division race, you know, we can't. We're in pretty good shape there. So I would say you pitch Scherzer or Bueller if we do have a playoff game. And then if if we don't win, then we have to play the Padres. Well, Padres right now, who knows? Might be the Phillies. Phillies are looking pretty good. Yeah. but then we have to burn somebody else. So it's either Scherzer or Bueller, I would imagine. Now, if we get that far, fortunate enough, and we get a five-game set with – it would be the Giants again. Yeah. Then we would have to play uh, uh, Pitcherius to start it. But there's been some rest too. Word is uh, Clayton Kershaw actually pitched a, uh, pitch a game in OKC last night. Mm. And so he's – it looks like he's going to be back. So we add Kershaw to that full and yeah, we're in good shape. And I'm glad you just brought that up because that was going to be my first point. So obviously, yeah, 163 is as even more of a nightmare than a wild card game on its own could be because you lose game 163, you get bumped to the wild card. Now you're going with your third best starter. If you make it to a playoff game, you know, nobody likes those chances. But once yeah. you look at this back and forth, I, I think – any baseball fan wants to dream of at least a five game set between the Dodgers and the giants. If we get to that point and you said playoff pitching has essentially become your one through three instead of a one through five, as we know. So as right. you're saying, it's Walker Bueller, Julio Urias and Max Scherzer, who has been, I mean, five and oh, 1.05 ERA since coming to the team. He has been unbelievable in a stretch, but one of the bigger factors on the giants being who they are is because of guys like Gossman, Descalfani, Logan Webb and guys like that. So what the numbers look somewhat similar, but obviously there's more fans that know the names of the Dodgers and the Giants. Do you feel that the Dodgers pitching staff there and potentially their bullpen could be that force that would get them above the Giants in a playoff series? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think if it wasn't for what the bullpen has done, because we, man, we've been pitching, Without Kershaw and uh, uh, Goslin, because yeah. he's down, and obviously Mays out, and nobody's even talking about the fact that we don't have Trevor Bauer. Trevor it's Bauer was pitching great, yeah, and so and and we never will. I don't I don't think he'll ever be back to the Dodgers, but mm-hmm. um, they but we we lost Bauer, we lost Kershaw, we lost Goslin, we lost May. May was in the starting rotation, so. You know, the, the boys have done well, and the bullpen is surprisingly well. But that's been – Davey's been experimenting all year in the bullpen. And now we've come up with a couple guys, Vesia and um, obviously Trinan. I mean, Trinan's been solid. Yeah. Kenley Jansen hasn't blown any saves lately, so he always makes me nervous still. But. He looks similar to the years when he was beloved back in the 20, yep. 2019 season. So, yeah. That's right. Yep. But obviously, yeah, just of the recent workload, 
been a little bit stressful. And just one more question on the pitching staff. What do you think you're saying Kershaw's working his way back? He obviously won't be to 100% if he does make it in time right. for this September push and playoff push. Would you want him to almost essentially take the role of David Price as just a middleman to eat innings since now Price has kind of been forced back into the starting rotation from what I've seen? Yeah, he's uh, there, there's been talk of that. I would I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah. Because he's not he's not going to go six or seven innings right now for sure. Yeah. So get him a couple innings in bullpen. He's pitched out of the bullpen before in playoffs. So he's he's he'll be all right. That's what I assumed, and it's just crazy to have. And that just goes to the depth of the Dodgers that you have a Cy Young winner as your middle man or push bullpen piece that just gets some bulk innings, <laughs> but. That's what you're dealing with when you go to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, and, and when you bring up a uh, Corey Knable, you know he's yeah. he's been starting these uh, bullpen games. Knable's been great. Oh yeah, he's, he's he got popped once or twice, but he's he's been good. Uh, Mitch White, we bring up a guy named Mitch White. Who in the hell's Mitch White? <laughs> you know, unless you're a Dodger fan, you have no idea who Mitch White is. Right. But he he's come in and started a couple games. He had one stellar game. I think it was six innings. And just gave up a couple of hits. So he's not always like that, but he has that in him. So that's that's another possible starter as well. Plenty of depth. It's going to be very interesting to see down the stretch. Yep. Or how this pans out and who takes it. But of course, these are two teams that are practically guaranteed a playoff spot, whether that's a one game series or five guaranteed. We're yet to see. And I think the other thing, you kind of mentioned it with this Padres team. Now 15 and a half back. Nobody would have projected that for the West, but they still have a chance battling with the Reds amongst others that are trying to sneak into that second wild card spot. Do you think that the Padres, a team that you've seen so much, a team that was much more lofty expectations before? You really can't even blame it on injuries because if you kind of hold them to the Dodgers standard of injuries, you have a completely different argument, but how do you think that this is going to unfold? Do you think the Padres are going to take it? It will be a West sweep of taking two team, three teams to the playoffs, or you think the Reds or Cardinals perhaps, or you were saying the Phillies playing some good ball of late and have a pretty easy schedule. How do you think that's going to kind of pan out? Well, I, if, if I was a betting guy, I would certainly go with the Padres uh, just because they're good enough to get by. Uh, like you said, they're 15 games out. Um, but they're, they definitely have a good enough team. Mm -hmm. They're just not performing. And, and their pitching has just gone, you know, I, I don't know where. But it's it's disappeared. Uh, and you can only rely on – I mean, Tatis is going to get his home runs. Yeah. Machado is going to rob people at third base. Rocket arm, he's going to get his hits. Uh, but the rest of – well, Cronin. Cronin? Cronenworth? Yeah. What's his name? Cronenworth. Uh, he's had a hell of a year. He's a special So player. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got three big hitters there that can carry him if they get hot. But they're not going to hold anybody to two or three runs, I don't believe. So it'll be a hit fest. Yeah, you're right. They're going to have to get that. They're really going to have to outslug the opponents. The only – Blake Snell is the only one that's kind of been turning it on of late. I believe four of his last five starts, at least six innings pitched, two earned runs or less. So – He's somebody which Blake Snell, when he's at his, when he's performing at the level that he is supposed to, he's one of the more fun watches to you could have in this game. But the only problem is you don't really get depth for him. And that's kind of where you start seeing some of the problems with this great bullpen. I mean, Mark Melanson leaving this league and um, saves this season. He's been phenomenal. But after you kind of have that, Emilio Pagan was usually a guy the past couple of years that was a phenomenal setup piece or highest leverage innings piece he's kind of struggled because him alongside others are kind of getting burnt out from their stretching of their starters just because the starters aren't eating enough innings and they're yeah. going to need one of these guys whether it's joe musgrove you darvish paddock nelson lamette who's kind of been working his way back from injury who do you think could be the ones who potentially step up and hopefully start giving some breaks to the bullpen to say the least well obviously as a dodger fan blake snell is somebody i don't want to see 
Yeah. I mean, he pitches really well against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, we got him a couple times this year. But if you remember the World Series, when uh, uh, the manager took him out in the sixth inning, and I think he only gave it, he just gave up a hit. And I think that was the first hit he gave up in the game. Oh, yeah. He, he was not a happy boy. <laughs> and so when he, came, when he came to San Diego and we watched the first Padres game that he pitched against this, you could see it in his face. He says, I'm going to beat these guys and I'm going to go farther than five or six innings. Yeah. Well, he beat us, but he didn't go further than five or six innings. So as you said, he just can't, he can't carry a big load. So once you get into the bullpen, yeah, I feel pretty good. You've been listening to Across the Pond MLB podcast. Please follow, rate, and review our podcast and check out atpsports.net to see the guests we have coming up and keep checking back to listen to our latest episodes. And usually, most teams you say that about, it's kind of turned into the opposite of the age-old expression, trying to work pitch counts from the starter to get to the bullpen because the bullpen's usually worse. Now that there's seven, eight guys out there that can throw 100-plus, for yep. short inning, it's kind of not necessarily that way. The Padres are still a team like that where they're very top-heavy with their pitching. They're going to need guys like Joe Musgrove, who has already had such a phenomenal season, no-no Musgrove, like to just be able to continue to go full throttle because guys like you, Darvish, as you've mentioned, haven't been able to produce at the level that he's certainly getting paid for. Yeah. Well, we had that experience with Darvish when we picked him up late in the season before the World Series with Astros. <clears throat> and the reason we picked him up is because of his success with the Rangers against the Astros. Yeah. And so we pick him up and get in the World Series. Uh, you know, don't talk to a Dodger fan about that game because <laughs> it was like, really? <laughs> yeah. So we, we were pretty upset with the guy. And again, when he came to the Padres – and pitched against us to start the season, he was lights out. We couldn't hit him. And that's that's going seven, possibly eight innings when we played him. Uh, but now he's just just like he did with us. He's just gone off the cliff. So they're a team that's trying to catch up to and just doing it in a poor way because the Cincinnati Reds team, I think that they – <laughs> they've been a fun story just because another kind of unexpected team this is supposed to be you know losing Trevor Bauer as we've talked about amongst others just kind of trying to find an identity if they were going to compete this season or not they are fully in the thick of it and it's been thanks to you know Joey Votto's incredible run now he's up to a 131 OPS plus Jonathan India going isn't, for his isn't he great season. Joey Votto's great can we say that again I said, Joey Votto's great. He's having a great year. What is he, 37, 36, 37? up there. I mean, he, this is supposed to be some yep. of the twilight. Yeah, 37. Oh, he's turning 38 in two days, actually. 38. Yeah, so okay. He, I mean, this is supposed to be sort of the – and I hate, I hate to mention, like, sort of the twilight years that you expect to see from, like, Pujols at the end of his big contract that you saw from Miguel Cabrera before Pujols goes to St. Louis and then just goes right back to – hitting homers, but, but just you didn't expect this, especially with the first half looking as if he as it did for him to turn it around and give a little bit of support to that two headed monster out there in the outfield with Nick Castellanos and Winker just who have been pretty much carried them throughout the first half of the season. Now this Reds team looks destined for a one game set in the wild card. Cause there's no way they can catch up to the Brewers who are potentially one of the scariest world series picks that you could, see right now but yeah the brewers brewers might come out on top with the best record they very well might and they're they're similar to the giants where they just seem to yep every series you look they just have a quiet two out of three they just always winning series after series no matter what and in some unprecedented ways i mean you just saw a couple days ago the walk-off grand slam that they had to come back from a four nothing deficit just they know how to find ways to win but so that's obviously out of their sights, but you look at this Reds team who also is starting to get some pitching back. I mean, we look at Luis Castillo. He started the season off miserably, and now he's worked his way to an above-average ERA+. Plus. Wade Miley has been incredible, leading all pitchers in war, which is – I don't know how you feel about well, – I don't think that's a really great stat to determine. No, but it's, but it's still a stat. I mean, the lead, it's, yeah, it's, the lead – the MLB in anything, I mean – 
obviously a good factor. And it's, that shows that he's the opposite. He's been a workhorse kind of eating those innings and doing it at a high level with a 289 ERA. It, I think that this team is certainly the lock for at least one of the two spots in the wild card. I think they could be a handful for San Diego. If that's a one game matchup, that that'll be one interesting game. Yeah. If it well, it wouldn't be. It would. It would be more against the Dodgers if they don't take. It'd be it. more against the Dodgers yeah. or the Giants. Yeah. 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 Just a matter of catching that second spot because the first one's locked up. I mean, anyone that doesn't take the NL West, the second best is going to that game. So, would you? Who would you, as a Dodgers fan, let's say, you don't get the catch and you do get the one game wild card? Who would you prefer to see? Uh, probably the Padres, just because we know them better. Yeah. I mean, we, we only played the Reds a couple times, so right. I'd, rather, I'd rather play the Padres. And the Reds, the Padres have been through this before. The Reds haven't. Yeah. And those teams scare me, yeah. um, especially a one-game series where we haven't faced their bullpen, really. We don't know anything about their bullpen. Yeah. Of course, we'll have scouting reports, but that's not the same thing. Right. So, yeah, I'd, I'd rather play the Padres. Yeah, I mean, you would – just to kind of give you a – the Reds' bullpen really has been kind of their weakest suit. They're kind of led by mm-hmm. Sean Doolittle, who's had a – Yeah. He's the only one above average in their bullpen, but Amir Garrett, you know, all the on-field antics that he does, considering he has a above six ERA. Don't know if that's so justified. And Heath Hembree's kind of in their closer, but he's gotten – 14 save opportunities only converted eight of them. So it's really, it, it's a starting pitcher heavy team with a really great offense, but just like both of them wise, you're, you're right. I mean, obviously they don't have the numbers in the scouting report is one thing, but you would rather as a hitter always be up against somebody you've seen and actually stood in the box against as opposed yeah, for sure. to a couple yep. of guys with bad numbers that could very well just blow past you as a Yankees fan. We've seen that plenty of times this season where if they don't have a scouting report, you can almost assume it's going to be a three-hit afternoon. Ah, you're a Yankees fan. I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> bad, bad break last night or yesterday. Bad break since the winning streak, really. <laughs> Just We'll get to yeah. the AL in a second so I can voice those complaints. But, yeah, it was a tough one. <laughs> so to wrap up kind of our, like, NL – preview we talked about the brewers and how incredible they are not much to talk about there but the um the nl east is once again getting interesting so with the coin it was a dumpster fire for a while obviously and then the braves finally out of nowhere just when they got their three new outfielders kind of started surging getting that separation the phillies were staying in the midst the mets had a gauntlet of a west coast trip where they were basically playing ping pong between the giants and the dodgers yeah, they kind of survived it. Now they're on a little bit of a heater, but it's going to be interesting again. Right now, it's the Braves up by two and a half games over the Phillies, and the Mets are four back. I the one thing I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Jeff Passan for ESPN had like a good article that was talking about teams' upcoming schedules and how many games they had against teams that just basically punted. That there were seven teams that at the trade deadline shifted out: the Cubs, Nationals, alongside the teams that were already bad. And the Phillies had 24 games against teams of that caliber. And so far, they've only been three and four in their first seven games against those teams. So really not taking advantage of why people think that they still could finish amongst the top. Do you think that, A, the Phillies could catch them because they haven't played good ball? And if they do, playing such an easy schedule just to get into the playoffs may give them a rude awakening once they get to a above 500 team once again. I still think the Braves are going to win it. Yeah. I just I, I find it interesting that they the Braves got hot um, after uh, the uh, their outfielder, the, arguably their best player outside Acuna, of Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, Acuna, yeah. Uh, but when he went down, that's when they got hot, which oh, is yeah. kind of baffling. But <laughs> right. But they started pitching. They started pitching better. Um, but I, I always kind of thought they were the best team in the East anyway. I didn't believe the Mets hype. No. I never believed the Mets hype. Um, now, it would be different if DeGrom was still throwing. Um, that's, there was a few games right there that yeah. they would have made up. Um, but, no, I, I, I think the Braves are going to win the East. I 100% agree with you. The Braves were my preseason pick to go to the World Series. So, obviously, the 
injuries have obviously brought that back and I'll bring myself back down to earth on that take, but you're right. This Braves team has really started pitching once again. I mean, Charlie Morton is turning into the guy that they signed for after the Rays kind of researched him. Max Freed has been that guy once again. Ian, they're starting to get some of their younger pitchers back that they lost with injury. Ian Anderson's just coming off the IL. He's going to be good. Fisker, you know, was like their only positive influence the first couple of months of the season punched a locker, broke his hand. Now he's back and he's actually playing pretty well. So they're excited to see him back, but they're, yep. they're a gauntlet that has been riddled with injuries, potentially worse than any other team in all of baseball. And they just kind of put together a makeshift outfield at the trade deadline. They went for Jack early, then get some guys like Jorge Soler and others. And they've been really doing it. They've been hitting at a higher level and this infield. The infield has been able to stay healthy enough, which I think will really push them through. They're, I think I saw something. They're the fourth team in Major League Baseball history to have all four infielders hit above 25 homers. You just yeah. – that production on its own will win you a ton of ball games. So they're lucky they're in as easy and as gettable of a division as the NL East is. And the Phillies are hot on their tail. But with that loss of Reese Hoskins, that the lineup really falls off. And – kind of Bryce Harper and the rest of them which Harper's had a phenomenal season but not enough especially without being able to do it with runners on to potentially catch up to Atlanta well let's not forget that Atlanta took us a a complete series to we had to come from behind uh to beat Atlanta last year in the National League um, playoffs so I mean it's essentially the same team there's a few guys different Mm -hmm. but their pitchers seem to pitch uh, pretty well against the Dodgers. Uh, Charlie Morton in particular. Charlie Morton does really well. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm with the I'm with the Braves. Plus a little bit more experience the yeah. Braves have. Yeah, and they've been surging. As you said, they're one game away from potentially taking the Dodgers' spot in the World Series. Yep. The season before that, they were one game away from going to the NLCS, but they just had that catastrophic 10 runs in the first inning against the Cardinals back in 2019. And then 2018, they made that playoff berth loss in the first round, but they've been slowly surging. That was part of the reason that I thought this might be the year that they get through the hump. They have so much room to spend money because they signed Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna for pretty cheap early on in their careers, pretty much buying out their arbitration. They will be a force come because their championship window is essentially just opening. So they were still trying to be aggressive in this window, despite all the injuries. I think it's still a good attempt. And I think they will still get the playoff experience for some of those young guys, especially the young pitchers to learn from Morton, who's been doing it forever now. But I agree. Who do they have left? Do you know who they have left? The the Braves? I could check now. Yeah, I'm. I'm just pulled. There's a new article on ESPN that has all that. Yeah. Uh, so they're finishing out a national series now. Then they got the Marlins, Rockies. They do face off in San Francisco with the Giants. That's going to be an interesting series to kind of test where yeah. they're at midway through September. Well, they'll see what kind of lead they got. So if they're real yeah. strong in the East, then that's bad for us because yeah. they're not going to go all out. Yeah. Which is another thing for San Diego because the Giants still have to play San Diego a couple times too. Yep. San Diego's got us basically in the Giants uh, for the majority of their uh, rest of their season. So that's going to be interesting. And look at the last three game series the Dodgers have is Milwaukee. Yeah. So now if Milwaukee has it locked up in the Central, and they're not trying to – and they can't get a better record than the Dodgers or the Giants, they're going to sit everybody. Mm-hmm. But if they're not, if they are going for it, that could be a really interesting series, the last three games of the year. That's Yeah, that's a really good point. The Brewers really – to start October, they shouldn't have anything to play for. But then you say that and you say, okay, so they won't throw Woodruff or Burns or some of their top guys, Peralta. They'll let them get a couple of days off, get rested for the playoffs. But then you look at their – fourth fifth best option like i think yesterday eric lower went seven innings pitch shutout so they just they are a pitching farm yeah. over there so yeah i think it'll be a much easier victory against the brewers but i don't think you can necessarily lock up two out of three 
without putting the Dodgers A lineup out there because it's going to be it's going to be tight. Oh, that Dodger line! They, I mean, they'll, they're going right to the end. I mean, yeah, this oh, is yeah. we're, we're in the World Series right now, as far as the Dodgers go. I mean, yeah. we've got to play every game like it's a World Series game. Practically, yeah. Which, of course, the Giants have to too. So, yeah. I, hopefully, one will burn out more than the other. You have to hope as a fan of either side, but it's it's a mixture because it's tough to be pressing that much to end the season, but at the same time, you're <laughs> could potentially be playing your best ball once you enter October as opposed to teams like the Brewers or even the White Sox, who they could essentially punt for the rest of the season starting today. Yep. And who knows how they'll be playing as soon as October starts. Yep. So we'll see. Just just to finish up, the, um, the Braves, looking at the end of their schedule, it's really interesting because they go, they go out to San Francisco for a little West Coast trip, take the Diamondbacks and then the Padres. Then they come back for a three-game set at home against Philly, and then a three-game set against the Mets. So wow, they could if it gets close after a rough, you know, West Coast trip, and they get it a little close. They, I could still see this being a three-game division. If you're a Philly fan or you're a New York fan, you could at least still have that hope that a sweep and you're right back in it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's close enough, and they're not they're not that far above the other two teams. Exactly. So. Could be very interesting going down the stretch, but yep. we'll flip it over to the American League real quick. Just to okay. start, we'll start off with the East. Now we're on the East for the NL. The Tampa Bay Rays are just <laughs> quietly <laughs> unbelievable, just year but, after year. Man, it's smoke and mirrors every year. It's like, <laughs> how do they do that? It's I crazy. never, I always doubt it, but it just shows how much smarter they are than you and I, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they, and they do it on the cheap too. They, I was listening to something earlier because they were talking about their second baseman Brendan Lau, and how he is a perfect example of somebody for. He right now is quietly having a 33 homer, 90 RBI season with a month to go. He's probably going to finish 40 and 100. And they signed him for a six-year, 40 million dollar deal, and the last two years are team options. <laughs> you're getting that level <laughs> it's just unbelievable and the best part is they're probably going to trade it before the team option comes because that'll be too expensive for them so they just continue to baffle they have been they're 88 and 51 they already i believe they're one game behind the giants and dodgers i believe just to have the best record in baseball or tied with the dodgers but they just the yankees had a surge and 13-game winning streak, you should at least make up a couple games. And, of course, they're still nine games back now with the losing streak coming about, but they never made up any ground. It's very similar to the Giants and Dodgers for a while. That just every time the Dodgers won, the Giants won and vice versa. Yep. It's just the Rays have it locked up, but now the Yankees are fighting for a playoff spot. Now the Red Sox are kind of matching up with them to play them, and they're just looking for home field advantage now. It looks like it's going to be – Boston versus New York, which will be, I think, either way, no matter who you're rooting for, that's must-watch television. Uh, how do you feel about Garrett Colby now? The fact that it's a hamstring from what we heard yesterday, a little bit more relieving. I, the entire game when I was watching, he was really struggling to – he didn't have a slider. He was struggling. He kept yanking it inside. That always just scares me either – elbow injury or even jump something as small as blister which could you know throw him off for a couple of weeks if it is his landing leg that's another lingering injury because it was a hamstring but just for the sake of 300 million dollars going his way for the next couple of decade or decade i should say the fact that it's an elbow injury i guess that's step one to be excited about but if the yankees don't have him then what, what is there to, to happen i mean that's what, that's what the, hopefully it would be a sale coal wild card. That's the only way I'd feel comfortable against that strong offense. But if there's without Cole, I don't think there's any chance for the Yankees. You think, you think Boston's pitching is up to the, up to it? I don't, I think sale has come back strong. I mean, they kind of eased him into it. Yeah. And then he had a pretty legitimate couple of last starts. He's still got a sub three ERA and Nathan Avaldi, I think, is a very legitimate force. He's been good ever since he went over there. But 
I think I think it's just going to be a matter of the offenses. The Red Sox have been more of a consistent force, especially now they got Bobby Dahlbeck doing it alongside you know Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, Martinez, and all of them. It's going to be a slugfest, and hopefully the right Yankees lineup comes up there because it is really a day by day trade that if they're going to hit it all, they've just been blanked on so many separate occasions after coming off a phenomenal offensive performance. I I never know what to expect from this team this year. Are they still having um, any COVID issues? The Red Sox, I believe, but they've still, I mean, a couple, I, this wasn't the last week series, so we will go over it. It was, um, that four game set against the Rays and Red Sox, the Rays mm-hmm. take the first two day by day. I think the Red Sox are losing players and they really gritted out those last two to split a four game set. So they've been slowly getting healthy. Once again, I believe they just got Kike back or something. So they're slowly getting back to form, but that's another example. Like you said about Acuna, that the team just kind of surged once they were a little yeah. bit more depleted and you don't normally see that at all. Well, that's didn't they see the last time I watched them play a bit of the game yesterday or the day before? When when was when did they blow that big lead? The Red Sox. They had Tampa oh, Bay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the race series. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I watched that and I saw um Verdugo drop a couple of balls out there too. Yeah. That's very unusual. Very unusual for him. He's been a Fan, he's been a fan favorite ever since the Dodgers sent him over. I think he, he was a, he's someone he was a fan favorite. He was a fan favorite in LA too. Yeah, he was he was pretty fiery. He was sparky, and his uh, walk up music was great. Yeah, you know the whole the whole bit. And yeah, he's been beloved, and it's also the stats have backed him up too. He was at the midst of it. I mean, you have your left side of the infield that's been so good for the Red Sox, but he was kind of one of the leading forces of that team. And I, I, he's obviously a bat-first player, a bat-first outfielder, but he usually never has the defensive woes that he had no. that game, and no. it certainly cost him. And you, you see that a lot once you go down the stretch. I mean, same thing that happened to the Yankees. Glaber Torres comes back to shortstop. This is kind of one of his last chances to prove that he can be the everyday shortstop. He's still a young player. He's going to have a phenomenal career, but this could be – as big as make or break is like the Gary Sanchez conversation is behind home plate, but just like back-to-back games where he has errors that aren't called errors, but plays that a shortstop should make that drastically change the outlook of the game and then the series. And now this rough stretch where they have been two and eight since that 13 game winning streak. And it's just yeah. like, you can, we can talk about the numbers all day, but it, we look game by game. You could always find that one mistake. And right now the Red Sox and the Yankees are both in the midst of it, but so so Tampa Bay wins the East, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. There's no, a lot of hopeful Yankee fans once they were in that hot streak thought that, all right, next, next step up, we're chasing the Rays. It was never about chasing the Rays. I, I think that was never even in their mindset because the Rays are, just a completely differently built team. I mean, you look, for example, they just finished that Orioles series that they couldn't win. That's only the second series all year that the Orioles beat an AL East team. The other one was against the Blue Jays. And it's just the difference in the making. At that point, it was a seven game deficit between Yankees in second place, Rays in first. The Rays in 19 games for 18 and one against the Orioles, while the Yankees are now seven and seven and six because they still have to play three or four more games. That's the difference right there. If they take care of business against teams that they absolutely should, that would be it. But they, the Yankees as a front office value rest over it. They value way too much about not winning each and every game and trying to keep their players healthy because they're too scarred from the 2019 season where we lost 35 players throughout the whole year. It's just, that sounds like Roberts. Yeah, <laughs> it's this. That's that's why the Rays will not be caught because they don't. They actually worry about winning day in and day out. You've been listening to Across the Pond MLB podcast. Please follow, rate, and review our podcast, and check out atpsports.net to see the guests we have coming up and keep checking back to listen to our latest episodes. Yeah, Dave Roberts. Uh, 
he's been pulling, uh, uh, who was it the other day? But he's, he's <laughs> Scherzer, I think Scherzer had, I don't know, maybe 80 pitches. Yeah. And lights out, six inning, here comes Davey and yanks him. I, I understand what he's doing. Right. But as a fan, you don't like it. You know, yeah. so come on, man. Let's, let's get this game. We're in the playoffs. We're, this yeah. is a playoff race now. So, But I get it, especially due, due to the injuries that we've had all year. I mean, when, when you – well, I'm not going to go into Dodgers again. No, I mean, it's, it's a conversation you could really have for a lot of teams. And to go back to the NL really quick, I mean, the Phillies have been guilty of the opposite end of the spectrum. I mean, they have – there is multiple occasions where Joe Girardi has given too much leash to a starting pitcher, too much yeah. O to a position player. I mean, it's kind of the reason they've – a lot is coming out now that Reese Hoskins wasn't 100% ready to come back. Now he suffers a season-ending injury. They had Zach Wheeler go out again in that race series. He went out for the ninth inning after giving up three earned runs, and he's already at 115-plus pitches. And I know he leads the league in complete games. He can go deep. But then he gives up a three-run homer. They lose the game. And then he has a seven-earned-run performance that he really didn't earn. It's just – it's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. You could complain about both sides. There's, that's the power of a good manager and a good front office that know how to have that – right balance yeah no no they're doing a good job Davey's considering the injuries Dave Dave Roberts has done a phenomenal job yeah I mean you lose your starting short shortstop for at least half the year yeah Cody Bellinger lost him most of the season he still can't hit yeah he's still Uh, back so yeah a lot of those guys but he's playing for defense now so yeah and you just He's very similar to look at the Brewers, like Christian Yelich. I mean, it was Belly yeah. versus Yelly a couple of years ago, MVP. Yeah. Now both of them are kind of a shell of themselves, but they still have that what if presence in the box that they're still, <laughs> it's almost worth it on its own because you're not going to get pitched as you would somebody with potentially the numbers that they actually have. Well, Bellinger, I mean, he's so valuable in center field for his defense. I mean, yeah. he's the guy's a home run stealer. Yeah. Oh, will. yeah. Are you kidding me? But yeah, very true. We'll go. Not much to talk about in the central, of course, because we were just saying nah, White Sox had to walk. Have yeah. an eleven game cushion. They just trying to stay healthy. I believe Aloy Jimenez has hit the IL once again. I mean, that's somebody that they need. But just kind of, what can you say? I mean, they they're a great team on paper. I hope that the only problem they've kind of had is they're only two games above five hundred, playing against teams above five hundred. That they just have a pretty easy schedule throughout the majority of the season and they just need to prove themselves when they start playing some better products. But I don't think they really have much to look forward to for the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't either. Houston, Houston's pretty well got it locked up in the West too. They have it locked up, but now what's becoming crazy is the Seattle Mariners are in second place. (laughs) As the athletics who were supposed to be right in it for the West this season. Seven games back, yeah, I, they, it would take a miracle. Yeah, the A's, A's have just gone right down the tubes. Unbelievably, too. I mean, they came in with one of the best bullpens in baseball. Now they're kind yep. of completely gone in that sense of the word. I mean, they, they're they 1-5 this month after going 12-13 and 13 in the month of August. I mean, that is when you really got to start turning on, especially because they had a six-game winning streak in that span. So it's been, it's been pretty ugly in Oakland so far, and – they're a team that yeah. there's a lot of teams you don't want to see in that one game wild card. But I think if you're anyone else in the American League looking for that push, you want to be facing off against the green and gold. Yeah, right now you do for sure. Yeah. And we'll see because you also got to give credit to this Mariners team who is continuing to do it. And they, I mean, you look at the Reds and they weren't really supposed to be a playoff team this season. The Seattle Mariners are nowhere near where they're supposed to be right now. And they've kind of done it whole, like with guys that you wouldn't even expect. I mean, Ty France is having a phenomenal season. Doesn't get talked about. I mean, that, 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 I mean, this is a team that traded their closer. Yeah. And he was they, good. They, <laughs> and that was, that was supposed to kind of destroy the clubhouse. He was a loved guy. Kendall Graveman, loved guy. He goes to 
the Astros. So it's not even leaving the division. It's just, <laughs> I know they just they keep fighting and it is, it's awesome to see, of course, but, and I do, I do, I talked about it at the trade deadline. I did like that move for them because I mean, if you're a front office, this is an awesome story, but this is not a, you can't buy in this season. You still got to trade some of your pieces. You can, I mean, and Toro, I think is going to be a good player for them, but yeah, they just keep forcing the hand. I mean, JP Crawford playing at an all-star or should have been all-star level. Kyle Seeger is. Is Kyle Seeger. He's always good. And he's kind of always in the shadow of Corey Seeger, of course. I mean, rightfully so, but. But remember when they had the, uh, remember when they were doing the jerseys where you got to pick your name? Yeah. And he said he was Corey's brother. (laughs) Oh yeah. The nicknames. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he had to have gotten that his entire life. I, he's a, Stud player, of course, but I mean, growing up, not the best looking of the two, not maybe the best athletically. I mean, how can you figure? <laughs> but he's he's the older brother, though, you know. Exactly. So exactly, yeah. has to yeah, hurt a little bit, but not a bad comparison. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then and their pitching is kind of done it too. Kikuchi is who's in kind of like a big contract here. He's been doing it with a 4-3-2 ERA that's kind of gone up recently, but Chris Flexen has been a good starter for them. Justice Sheffield still trying to figure things out, but he's supposed to be good. Marco Gonzalez. And it's and they do get Diego Castillo in that trade to kind of fill their closer spot from losing Graveman. But I don't know. I mean, now we kind of just kept seeing them as a good story. Now they're above the A's. Do you think that they have any chance at all to win a wild card if they even get there? The Mariners? Yeah. It's, uh, but the Mariners are a team that you uh, you just don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're surprising everyone. And so when you get a team like that and they're being more consistent than they were before, I don't, that those are the teams that scare me in a one-game playoff. Oh, yeah. And besides, I just mentioned I hate the one-game playoff. You and me both. I it, can't stand it. Have a three-game series. I mean, come on. That's what baseball is. That You can't have a game that's played based on series the entire year come down to one game. I mean, I we'll go back to the Yankees. I've been to two wildcard games now because that's the only way that they like to get into the playoffs anymore. And it's, it was a mixture of the one game where they lost the Astros, and it was Severino went out there, just didn't have his best stuff. All right, that's our season. You know, you knew in the first inning that he had a rough outing and then Dallas Keuchel on the other end was going to shove. That's the end of that. But then on the other end, you have um, Jose Barrios, who just gets shelled in the first inning after Severino got shelled again. And it's just – it's if you – how many times do you have that where you just realize the starter doesn't have it first inning, you have no chance of winning that game. That's baseball because you're going to – you know, you win 60 games, you lose 60 games guaranteed throughout a season, how can you have that, the most important game of your season come down to one game? I 100% agree. Yeah, yeah. Especially, you get in the West and, and you have one game playoff in the National League, you have one game playoff, you have three, I mean, I mean the Padres still have a good record Yeah. compared to the rest of baseball. Yeah. They would still be in second place in another division instead of, you know, third place. Yeah. Um, so, but you get down to that that uh, out of those three, and we're just going to beat up on each other. So whoever wins the wild card, let's say it is the Dodgers and the Padres in the wild card. So you went the whole season. You won 100 games plus, more likely, yeah. most likely. And then you get bumped in a one-game playoff. I mean, that's, that's not right. That would be the final straw. Especially, like, as you said, like, if it was the Giants, a team that, you know, is going to win 100 games, they ran the NL West, like, majority of the season, and then they get bumped before the true playoffs actually start, that ha- that has to be the final straw. There's no way the MLB can defend it, especially yeah. because they'll make more money if they do a three-game series. I don't know why they're Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. One other thing I don't like. Yeah. Get rid of that runner on second base and extra innings. I hate that. Oh, please. I want almost all the COVID rules. Like, the seven-inning doubleheaders, I hate, too. I 
working yep. in minor league baseball, I love them for that factor. But for major leagues, that's yep. not a true game. I still feel bad for Madison Bumgarner who lost out. Probably wouldn't have gotten a no-hitter, but he still has that argument now. But the runner on second rule, that's not real baseball. Now you got guys – have you seen the intentional balks that they've been doing now to try and get yeah. them off second? Like, what, what are we doing here? I mean, it's just – there's no benefit to it in certain aspects, and it's just – it's a nightmare. I, I 100% agree with you on that. You, you, can, you can win a game without getting a base hit. Yeah. Yeah. And Just, it's, you know, pop it out. Three, three, two pop outs to the outfield and you're ahead one and you've got one run in. So huge. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's all you need to do. And it, it also is frustrating because, you know, just like the manager and me, and no team does this. If you can just perfect a bunt down to third base, bring them over, and then a fly ball, it's all you need to do. And then no, just nobody's doing it. I don't know if there was a handshake agreement before the season that you're <laughs> going to keep swinging through the fences, but I, it just not, none of it makes sense because when they first announced it, I thought, okay, well, that's all they're going to do. They're going to bunt and move them over. And then nobody did it. And teams, it, it's just a nightmare overall. I don't know what I even want to see, but it's not that. Yeah, me too. I'm with you. But I think that's pretty much it on our end. Do you have anything else you want to get off your chest before Dodgers get back to St. Louis and play another one? No, I think uh, I think I've yelled enough. <laughs> By the way, did, did you see Albert last night? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Standing ovation, first, first time up, bang! It's out of there. Him and the Dodgers has been a really great story. I mean, I can't believe that he actually panned out as well as he did. I just just bad yeah. on what the Angels were doing with him, and we could have that argument on what the Angels are doing with all their stars, but conversation for another day but his face i mean he's he's a different player since he came over from the angels i mean he's so happy to be there he's i mean he's got more purpose he's playing for the yes yeah yeah and he seems to love everybody yeah. so it's good good guy i thought that move was great just even if he still hit at the level that he was in anaheim just to be a glorified hitting coach i mean the things that he could teach this young roster would just be otherworldly. And then I, I think it has something to do with the incredible season Max Muncy's had or Will Smith or guys like that. But just yep. how can you not get in the ear of him and not learn something? So it, yeah, that, that was special. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just want to see him get 700. So he's got, he's got a great chance for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'll bet to, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Dodgers bring him back next year too. He's still got Enough in him. I mean, it's proven his role now to just be a two two game a week, three game a week player. Best yep. case scenario. So and he still plays defense. He just can't run. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. But I would love to see that. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> okay, dude. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. That is going to wrap it up for us today. For Joe Sylvester and Tyler Small, and thank you all for joining us and. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Sports Social Podcast Network.